the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. We're back. We're having a conversation with Tim Lattabodeer, who has served our country faithfully, along with many others. And uh, we're talking about the ultimate sacrifice that uh, is is, uh, more often than not paid by those who serve in our military for the sake of keeping us safe. And that's what Memorial Day is all about. You know, as we as we left just uh, before the break, you were walking through that that day in October, and uh, recounting a couple of good friends of yours and how they paid that ultimate price. And it struck me as I was listening to you talk the fact that it should have been you, for all intents and purposes. And immediately, I think, well, survivor's guilt. How do you how do you walk through that? And then we were talking about this during the break. The fa- and this is where theology really matters. For those of you listening tonight here on Lifeline on KFAX, and you're of the mind that, oh, theology isn't, I just love Jesus. And you've got this mindset that, yeah, you know, that's I just love Jesus. I, I just I, I just love Jesus. Oh, theology, that's for that's for pastors and everybody in leadership. But I, I don't need it all that much. Um, Tim, I'm going to let you address this a little bit. And my dear friend listening this evening, please, please listen, because theology does matter, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um during the break, Pastor was uh, speaking about uh, predeterminism and um, and how that plays a role in theology, and then how that um, plays a role in how we view the world. Um, and that was one of the uh, you know the the foundation that helped me uh, get through this and and continue to deal with it. Uh, I you spoke of survivors' guilt. Um, and for myself being um, specifically, literally replaced by these men that day, um, that would be the uh, the that's the penultimate. Sure, sure. That that would be what I would be dealing with. But um, you know, to I guess to put it concisely, um, it wasn't up to me. It wasn't up to me. God had a plan, and uh, and I am confident. Um, that that was what took place that day. It wasn't by chance. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't by um, our strengths or our weaknesses uh, that those things took place that day. Um, that was God's plan. And uh, it's uh, when when I'm looking at it properly, it's comforting uh, because I know that I, I serve a good God, a loving God, a God who is merciful and a God who is gracious and a God who has more wisdom than I could ever ever (laughs) pretend to understand and so if my good loving god who is wise and who is in control of everything chose to have this take place that day in that manner um then i need to be okay with it and 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 it i need to be okay with it i am okay with it uh it it's not for me to question right uh 
I'm the clay in the potter's hand. Uh, I need to just be clay, <laughs> which which is actually pretty easy. Well, I I think of um, <clears throat> Nebuchadnezzar, that great great uh, Gentile ruler over Babylon, that uh, at first he took credit for his kingdom, his might, his strength, and he needed you know just advanced education, eating grass. Uh, to come to his senses <laughs> and realize God sets up the weakest mm. and it takes down the strongest. And I just thought, of all things, uh, just think, the father could say, my son has been arrested by the Sanhedrin and the Roman government. And just think, if all the time he was saying, Oh, that I could rescue him. Oh, that I could get him out of this trap. You know, listen to me. Listen to me. Jesus was not a victim. That's right. He, he was not a martyr. He was a willing participant in his own. Matter of fact, he told angels, mind your own business. I don't need your help. You can rescue me, Pilate. You're doing what my father wants you to do. I'm going to die. Uh, I'm going to be sad, but the father is going to be delighting. He said it in Isaiah 53.10, that it pleased the Lord to bruise him. And the Hebrews, he delighted. He was joyful. (laughs) Heaven wasn't depressed when Jesus died. It was according to a plan. And look, one death has saved millions. One death. And uh, I thank God for you soldiers who have fought in various wars that saved this country from ever being invaded by another power. Because uh, saved and unsaved, they're expendable men. And uh, I tell you, I think we must all listen to this verse. It is appointed unto man to die. When was that appointment made? In my mother's womb? God already set the date. He he had it before. Uh, I'm not going to live. My dad would always pray, let me die a peaceful death because he would come home at night, said, we lost a man today. He was an iron worker. A guy fell to his death. Ten stories. A guy fell in the cement, buried him. Boom. And my dad would always say, Lord, let me pot, die a peaceful death. And he died in a hospital bed with cancer. But he didn't fall off of the steel. So how we go out, we're all going to die. How is in God's hands. And guess what? Wake up, mere man, mere breath, mere vapor. Don't boast about tomorrow because you are in the potter's hand. We ought to be a trembling people that each day is a gift. Each day is a gift. And I think for people like myself who have had these very obvious life and death experiences, it's easy for us to see that. But it's true for everyone. We don't realize how often, uh, just on a day-to-day basis, our life was at stake. Uh, And so it it might be... uh, Maybe it obscures it a little bit for people, but the truth is still the truth. Sure is. It's it's living for what matters most and understanding that that's what we live for. You know, I um, 
Uh, I served in the early 70s uh, in the military, and it's a small motivation, but it is a motivation. I do think about this, and it's not every day, maybe maybe once a month or so, but when I work, when I live, when I do what I do, when I sit on my front porch and enjoy the view that I've got of the Trinity Alps, there are times that I go back and I, I, I think of, you know, men like you, Tim, and men like those who, who gave the ultimate sacrifice. I get to enjoy all of this because of those men. I'm going to make the most of it. That's right. Mm-hmm. When I work, um, I, I, I'm going to enjoy it because I can do it freely and do it because men gave their lives for that. That's right. But that motivation pales in comparison to the ultimate sacrifice of Christ. Yes. Amen. Yes. And at that point, now I've, while I may consider that once a month or every other month about the men who've sacrificed so that I can live freely in America, I can honestly tell you that not a, not a day goes by, not a couple of hours go by, that I am thinking, oh my, I've been redeemed for a greater purpose. Yes. How is my response to that? Mm. That is a question we will leave for the other side of this break. We're going to take a quick time out, and we're going to let you ponder that question as well. In the meantime, we're off to the KFAX Traffic Center. We've got another look at your commute. And now, back to Lifeline. Here we are back, Pastor Phil Howard, Tim Latavadir, myself, Andy Froyland. We are in a special uh, Memorial Day edition uh, of Lifeline and Truth For Today, which can be heard Monday through Friday. M- wake up with us bright and early, 6.30 in the morning, Sundays at 8. 5.30? 5.30? Yeah. 5.30. Got earlier. Be, <laughs> well, I tell you what, not only will you get great teaching and ministry, but the worm as well. <laughs> That's not to say we're a bottle of tequila. I wouldn't say that. But you, you can get the early worm... Never mind. <laughs> somebody, 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 take the the, the shovel from me, will you? <laughs> Turn off his mic. Let's talk about memorials. I want yes, to introduce exactly. uh, two memorials. I think this became a national holiday after the Civil War, and thank God it did. Uh, some of these holidays, I wonder. Uh, what people were smoking when they uh, made that holiday. Okay, give me the shovel. <laughs> yeah. But I think of Exodus 12, when uh, the last plague on Egypt was the death of the firstborn. And uh, all he told Israel to do is be in your house, kill a lamb, prepare it the way I tell you, put the blood of that lamb on the lintel of the doorpost and consume the lamb because you're getting ready to take a trip. You're going to need all the energy you need from eating this lamb. Heard an old preacher say, some of you are faint on the way because you haven't eaten enough lamb. You, You need to be feeding on the lamb. But after that, he told Israel, this shall be a memorial to you. From now on, as a nation, Yom Kippur, 14th day of Nisan, in the Jewish calendar, you shall remember, 
You got out of Egypt by two means, two means. You got out by blood and you got out by power. The same two things that saves the Christian today, blood and power. And the blood of a bleeding sacrifice and the power of a resurrected Christ. And so the Jewish people, through thick and thin, year after year, have remembered that Passover to say, we could have been buried in Egypt. We could have ended that night with Pharaoh's armies killing us. But the death angel said, I cannot take the life of anyone under the blood of the Lamb. We used to sing a song as a boy. uh, When I see the blood, I will pass. I will pass over you. So we, along with that, we've got the Messiah taking Passover with his disciples. And he said, I'm going to change things for you men because I'm going to initiate a new covenant for a new kind of people made of Jew and Gentile that put their faith in me. And it won't be bitter herbs. I'm not asking you to eat herbs, onions, cucumbers, leeks, garlic, anything of Egypt. But I want you to take this bread and I want you to take this cup. They all drink out of one cup. I happen to be in uh, Kiev taking communion with about 400 pastors and we all shared the same cup. I'm glad it was winter and uh, none of us got COVID. Uh, we we celebrated this great thought. I want you to remember I died. I was born in Bethlehem. And this is the blood. This is amazing. The blood, when you use it, the blood of Jesus, the blood means this, a vicious kind of death. Someone who died under a violent death, they would talk about the blood And what we talk about the blood, we don't drink blood. We are not blood eaters. Some accuse early Christians of being cannibalistic. They truly did. But especially a Jewish audience, forbidden to eat the meat with blood in it. It was a symbol, a symbol of a life violently taken. And the Messiah came and said, you can take my life from me. This is man's hour. They kept trying to kill him. And he would say, my hour has not yet come. But he finally said, this is the hour. This, this is the sovereignty of God. There is an hour appointed. Me and the Father appointed the day before we made the Milky Way. For I was slain before the foundation of the world. No accident, no emergency caught God off guard. No, this day and now I want my people, whether they're in China, Russia, America, Africa. I don't care who you are. If you're a believer in Christ, you're told to remember. Don't You know, one of our great problems is we forget what we should remember and we remember what we ought to forget. 
I know some people, they can't forgive, they can't forget, but man, they sure do forget scriptures. I know guys that know batting averages that can't find Genesis 1-1. <laughs> you know, they've been quoting Jesus wept for about 30 years. Uh, get into the word, the word, remember, remember. And so we take a, a nation, a war, the nations have been fighting and killing each other ever since the garden. I, I'm in the book of Second Samuel now, and you, you almost got to drink a good cup of coffee to see who gets killed in this chapter. I mean, it's killing. It's rape. Uh, I mean, it's Absalom. It, it's, I'm telling you, you, be sure when you read the Old Testament that you don't apply it to your life. Uh, you you could be in a big mess, but remember, remember the Savior's death, his resurrection, and don't forget it. And he'll cure your murmuring. He'll cure your aches. He'll bring you back from conflict and let you keep your mind, even though your heart will forever, ever be molded and sensitized by what you've seen don't forget the Savior. Keep him in your memory. And I'm telling you, if you're in a local church and they're not taking communion enough, tell the elders. Spurgeon said, I took communion every Sunday for 38 years and it never became a ritual because I remembered. It's not a ritual. It's a memory recall. How could I ever Forget such love. You know, I've never, I've been wearing a ring I got. Uh, this June is 56 years. I wore it a year before, 57. You know, I should throw it away. She didn't pay over 75 bucks for it at a hardware store. You know, come on, couldn't you at least get to 100? But you know what? It's a memorial to me. It's a memory bank. And I don't take it off before I go into the bar. I keep it on. I've had it uh, shrunk twice because of losing weight. But I don't want to ever get rid of the memory bank that God gave me an angelic Christian girl at 18, 56 years ago. Well, I want Jesus to remind me, and that's why you got to keep reading his word and taking these elements, the body, the blood, and a greater battle. Look where you would be, Tim. You could have died there in Iraq, but as a child of God, I'd still see you in heaven. That's right. Because not even a bullet can end what Christ began. Amen. We, he, said, he who believes in me shall have eternal life and shall not come into condemnation. John 5, 26. Hmm. Let's take some questions on those memorials. I tell you what, that and, and it's a memorial that we shouldn't be relegated to just once a year. No. We're, now we're talking about a memorial that is moment by moment. Moment by and moment. And it should direct our lives. Yes. All right. 
Quick time out. We'll pay some bills, check some traffic, come back and continue our conversation. It's Lifeline here tonight with Pastor Phil Howard, our Truth For Today edition, along with our Memorial Day edition as well. It's all straight ahead as Lifeline continues. We are now off to the KFAX Traffic Center. We've got another look at that commute of yours. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. It's Pastor Phil Howard, Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. Our guest tonight, Tim Ladabadir, talking about Memorial Day and the ultimate sacrifice that has been paid for our freedoms and the ultimate, ultimate sacrifice that is paid for our ultimate, ultimate freedoms. In response to that, I think that's where we're headed next. You know, Tim, I uh, we haven't talked about this yet. And I don't know that we need to all that much other than to say that uh, you, you kind of went from the frying pan to the fire, man. You go from you go from Iraq and uh, uh, roadside bombs and heavy gunfire to Oakland. No roadside bombs, but still heavy gunfire. Pretty significant. You know, it's, it's like, well, you served. You did your duty. So t- relax. Take it easy. No. Uh, you're back in the trenches again as a police officer in the Oakland PD. Um, what led you down that road? Yeah, I, I mentioned earlier that I uh, I joined the Army believing that was where God led me at that time. And I didn't get out of the Army because of any uh, change of heart. Um, I liked what I did. I was good at it, and I would continue to do it. But I felt that God was leading me elsewhere. I also uh, had a desire to be a husband and a father and didn't think I was going to do that well in the Army. And that... Uh, helped get me out of the army but i still had that desire to serve i think god was still pulling me in that direction and it was right here in this building at a a prayer meeting uh a national day of prayer you know we do the 24 hours of prayer and uh i was in the prayer room and i was in there with with your wife pastor uh and uh she was praying about families and and households and safety and it was there at that time that god told me that he wanted me to be a police officer that was how I was going to continue to serve, and that was how I was going to be obedient to his calling on my life to be of service to those who need it. Uh, I was able physically and mentally and capable, and that was what he was asking of me. And really, Phil, that's pretty much the calling of us as believers, too. This ultimate sacrifice paid by our elder brother, the Lord Christ, not so that we can rest on our laurels and and uh, how's the old hymn um, should I uh, should I rest uh, uh, take my ease while others have gone through bloody seas we if if we indeed have been called in Christ um, should not our lives continually be fearless for the gospel it should be and uh, the record of it is the book of Acts and the church uh, over these uh, 2,000 years, uh, it's an amazing. We've been called to die to ourselves, pick up a cross, which was literally uh, be willing to die to be my follower. Because I think, uh, as Martin Luther uh, would say in his uh, uh, A Mighty Fortress in Our God Do We Have, that our lives are, we put so much value on it because um, comfort and the, the human life. Just think, even in Bible times, let's say Palestinian Jew maybe lived to be 45, 50, and uh, it just, 
we just think we're worth so much. <laughs> and really, Paul lived like, uh, I'm ready to die. Uh, I want Christ to be exalted in my body while I'm alive. And it'd be better for me if I died. To live is Christ, to die is gain. Yes. And uh, Spurgeon said if we believed that, we wouldn't mourn so much when people die because they're getting the gain. Yes. But he said that we've esteemed this life so much. But to be expendable, uh, in my days, the call was always, we used to sing a song, Jesus, use me. Please, Lord, don't refuse me. Surely there's a work that I can do. Even though it's humble, help my will to crumble. Surely there is a work to do. And I tell you, uh, even COVID and the American, uh, when I see today churches grow out of good rock and roll bands. They grow, people pick a church out of music more than they do pulpit. Mm. Because message has been lost. And music, you got to make me feel good. Yeah. I've had pastors say, if you don't entertain them, they won't come back. <laughs> and I think, uh, whatever happened to following, serving, interceding, yes. visiting the widow? Uh, and uh, if the girl has fallen, do you have a church where she could carry her baby and be loved and accepted as we show her Christ? <laughs> You know, that uh, I love the, the truth that in the Old Testament, you were always in fear of contamination. You couldn't touch the unclean, ceremonially unclean. When Messiah came, he could touch everything and anything because he made things clean. Amen. I don't care if it's a fallen woman, a leper, a tax collector, the touch of Christ makes us clean because that's how powerful he is. And so we've not we're not in the millennium yet, no matter what your theology. <laughs> we're not there. the devil's not bound. God needs soldiers for the cross. Mm -hmm. So this cause is the most endangered. You know, we talk about racism. The most hated people on the globe are Christians. And Jesus said it in John sixteen, if they hated me they will hate you. Now, I'm one of those people. And uh, here's Tim, one of the only soldiers he knows practically on that tour of duty that knew Christ. Yeah. And if he started talking Christ, he wouldn't be invited to many poker <laughs> games. I'm telling you, he'd be told to leave. So we are the minority. Uh, it's not black people. It's not Asian people that are being per Not the Jew. It's true believers that are not ashamed to own the memorial sacrifice. Christ, our Passover, has been slain. Yes. <laughs> and so I want to represent him while I have breath. That's right. What is it uh, Bonhoeffer said when, it, uh, or, or one of the other saints? I don't know. They, they all run together after a while. And when God bids a man come, he bids him to come and die. Bonhoeffer. That is Bonhoeffer. Cost of discipleship. Right? Yes. Uh, we don't think that way anymore, do we? And no. and again, put Bonhoeffer in that context of when he said that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, there's more to that than meets the eye. Really Reeling is. under Nazi Germany. 
<laughs> yes, and and being arrested for being a spy and ended up being executed for executed. that. Executed. Yeah, because he was faithful to the gospel. He felt the need. We have so much in in light of our elder brother and what he has done for us. And to sit there and do nothing with it is uh, almost blasphemous, at least in my mind. Yes. We just, we don't... We don't seek after Christ. So it's a it's a seeking of convenience and no, nothing more. Oh, 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 may God grant us the strength to to really step up. If we are believers in Christ, do we act like it? Is what is it the old saying? If there's if if if, if you were convicted of being a Christian, would there be an uh, if you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Yes. You yes. know, can you can could you could you round up as a, a policeman <laughs> enough evidence? <laughs> I could do a thorough investigation. Absolutely. <laughs> there well, you go. I think uh, uh, we want to remember those who have sacrificed so much to bring the gospel to us. Yes. I I take uh, my my family's roots. Uh, okay. Uh, my grandmother was a short German woman whose father was a Baptist preacher, but they lived in Hell's Bend, Oklahoma. And where they lived, the only pastor, they had a circuit-riding Methodist preacher uh, coming there because Jesse James and different outlaws, they would do all their uh, robberies and killing in Texas and flee to Oklahoma because it was in a state. No police there. Uh, and only a bounty hunter would risk so the only women and children would meet in an old schoolhouse uh, and you couldn't, no one wanted to kill them. But if the preacher came in there, he, he could be threatened. And uh, I, I think of men like uh, Peter Cartwright and uh, the early preachers, the Wesleyan holiness people riding horseback till they died uh, to... Uh, Jonathan Edwards in the 1700s. Uh, you know, I look back, men that gave up all our three riches. When I grew up, if a preacher in the group I grew, I grew up with, if they got $5,000 a year, they thought they were happy because <laughs> they had to kiss money goodbye to pastor. Yeah. And, and it was one of my fears. I was afraid of what it would be like to age in ministry. This church blessed me over, but those men, uh, I, I, I held meetings with guys that every night after church, we ate bologna sandwiches and drank iced tea because hmm. they had no more. They were broke. They were poor. Uh, sacrifice, missionaries, all, all because the elder brother died yeah. and said, go, go. Hmm. Share the gospel. Quit judging. We we have no bands in Acts. We don't have any internet, and we don't have any star preachers. Yeah, they didn't, didn't do anything with Zoom between Antioch and Ephesus. <laughs> no, did they? no, yeah. no, they didn't. And think how the gospel got out. It got out with blood. Yeah. Someone said you could track Paul all over Asia Minor, like tracking a bleeding rabbit through the snow. Yeah. Wherever he went, there was blood. Tell me, we've had some soldiers of the cross. I, I'm in that legacy, but oh, how how weak. I, I feel like those 
uh, policeman, the second grade, not willing to make the sacrifice. I want the badge. I want whatever honors left. But, uh, oh my, we are in a train of great saints that can we give less? Must I be born to heaven on flowery beds of ease while others fought and sailed through bloody bloody seas? seas. Must I be born to heaven on flowery beds of ease? Yeah. My goodness. All right. Well, with that, we're off to another commercial break. It's our final one, and we'll come back and wrap things up here on Lifeline. It is our special Memorial Day edition of Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard here on our Truth for Today edition of Lifeline. We've got to take a quick time out, pay some bills, your final look at your commute, off to the KFAX Traffic Center. Another look at that commute of yours. And now, back to Lifeline. It is Lifeline, our final uh, segment here tonight with uh, Tim Laudavadir and our pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. Truth for today edition of Lifeline. As we uh, as we go through Memorial Day and we're remembering not just men and women who have paid the ultimate price, but our elder brother who's really paid that ultimate price for our salvation and our life in Christ, our desires and uh, just everything. And, and, and we were talking during the break, Phil, you know, we, throughout the last couple of hours here on Lifeline, we have quoted a half dozen hymns written by men years ago, uh, even a couple of them centuries ago. Uh, we have, we have quoted men who have died for the, for the name of Christ. Um, you know, Jim Elliott and, uh, uh, Bonh- Dietrich Bonhoeffer in, in that sense, this is our own memorial. Memorial, our own rem- just as Tim remembered and shared your story and experience with your friends and their ultimate sacrifice. In in that unique Christian way, we have been celebrating the memory of those who have gone on before us in those bloody seas, as we quote Isaac Watts. And um, I. I, I hope and pray that I leave that same legacy. Mm. You? Yes. Mm. Is that is that ever ran through your mind, Phil? I think that's what I was saying yes to as a kid. It scared me because when I said yes, uh, it was basically uh, anywhere. I was only 15. You know, I'll go anywhere. <laughs> and that meant usually missions. We always made it Africa. Deepest, darkest of Africa. Yes, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't know it would be the deepest realms of the Bay Area. Uh, <laughs> Richmond. Yeah, yeah. I had a Forget guy, Africa. Just, a guy just heard me preach. He said, man, you make it sound so like this place is so bad. I said, well, I guess I know too much. <laughs> Been here too long. Uh, but that willingness, uh, my wife was headed for Africa as a medical nurse. Uh, and then she wound up marrying me, gave up that part. And when, in her darkest days, because uh, my wife, we got so desperate, she said, if you don't leave Valley Bible, I'm going to leave you because I'm brokenhearted. I, I don't have the strength to go on. And God met her. She could show you the location. And she had an epiphany uh, where the Lord said to her, at Highway 4 and San Pablo Avenue. He said, this is your Africa. 
you said yes to Africa. This is your Africa. You know, your trials don't, you know, and I think we can glorify those who go. And we're looking for someone that will teach a Sunday school class, uh, someone who will give right now and, and maybe delay another pleasure, a new car to make a commitment to keep missions going, to keep a building program going. Uh, who's going to raise the next generation? Oh, we know how bad it is. We know how bad California schools are uh, towards God. God's not welcome. Is he welcome in your home? Mm-hmm. Uh, God never meant for a public school system to reach your kids. That's right. He meant for you to. Yeah. Guys, you could turn off the NBA right now and have devotions. Mm-hmm. And if you give up football long enough to tell your girl you love her, teach her morals, and lead her to Christ. Quit asking the church to do what you're not doing. That's right. Mm, amen. No, no, you're the you're the first line of defense, mom, dad, and uh, uh, my son-in-law told me so many years ago. He said, "I'm not trusting any youth group to do the work I ought to be doing." That's right. And so we're saying, Jim Elliott, thanks so much for dying mm. and fulfilling your diary's words that he is no fool to give up what he cannot keep his life to gain that which he cannot lose man the i was at an interview when his son stephen saint mm-hmm. introduced him i was at a shepherd's conference in southern cal and all of a sudden he had a man up there next to Stephen, kind of jumping up and down. Little tiny man. Little tiny man. And Steve says, I want to introduce to you the man that killed my father, yeah. of whom my auntie, uh, what was his aunt, his sister's name? Uh, it, his sister went back to that village and led the chief to the Lord. Yeah. And this man, like a little child, he wanted to sing a Naka song to all of his pastors. But he said, he loved the Jesus that Jim Elliott brought to him. Mm. Now I want to tell Praise you, God. would you rather have $20 million in the bank? Or said, this Aka chief will stand with me around the throne oh. with Jesus forever. We get so wrapped up in the here and now that we lose sight of the then and there. And that is a problem. Well, my brothers, uh, we're coming to the end of our time together tonight. And and for you, our listeners, I trust and pray that tonight has given you a moment or two to pause and really consider just what it is you're going to be eating that extra hot dog and hamburger out of this weekend. You're going to go to a various lake or park, and you're going to take your RV, or you're going to go visit friends. You're going to celebrate with, uh, you know, fun family activities for an extra day this weekend. Why? What's it all about, Alfie? Really, seriously. What is it all about? We're celebrating those men and women who paid that ultimate price Mm. to allow you to enjoy this weekend. But even more so, may you pause and celebrate and consider what your elder brother has done for you. You don't simply have freedom in America. Mm. You mm. have freedom from sin. That's right. For eternity. For eternity. Amen. You have a liberty that goes beyond any statue in the Hudson Harbor. 
<laughs> you have a liberty that goes right to the throne of all grace. Amen. You have a liberty as a king and queen in the high court of heaven <laughs> to address God as your father. I pray, I pray that you remember that this weekend and on into next week as well. Thank you for joining us this evening. It has been a privilege and a pleasure. On behalf of Pastor Phil Howard and Tim Latabadir, we appreciate you. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time here on Lifeline on KFAX. Until then, God bless. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Thank you.